Children dismissed to the children's church at this time. And the rest of us, let's take our Bibles and open up to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. And though we do not have the banners up yet, this will be one of our theme verses for this coming year. And I pray that uh, you will uh, get uh, uh, on uh, together with us in unity of faith as we seek not only to understand uh, the the truth that is in this verse, but to to live it each and every day. And uh, verse 3 says, And said, Jesus was speaking here, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now let's put it in its context. Verse 1, At the same time there came... Sorry, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven." Whosoever, therefore, shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, the question the disciples ask here, giving the overall context to Jesus' answer in this verse, is who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And if you and I would be honest this morning, and I hope and pray that we could, this this is a question that every man, woman, and child asks themselves often during the progression of years that we call life. We we seek recognition of some kind. We we all want to be uh, known as good. At something, uh, I think it was uh, Sarah sent me a quote of our president said, you're the best father in the world, all the rest of them are just trying or something like that. And, and of course we understand that uh, our president is great at hyperbole and, and uh, he, he put things together and, and we're not, please don't misunderstand me, I am not trying to demean him in any way. But it's that idea that we all seek some level of greatness. The disciples were not immune from their humanity. They wanted to know. Uh, They argued about it often, did they not? Who is going to be the greatest? And of course, Peter was... Come on, guys, you know, I'm the one that's usually in charge when when Jesus isn't looking the other way. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, he he really got them in a good uh, fix there in Mark chapter 4 as they tried to cross the Sea of Galilee, something they had done hundreds and hundreds of times. But when they had Jesus on board, they just couldn't get it done without stopping and asking him first. 
And so, as, as we go through life, most of us will come to a conclusion or realize that this thing called greatness or notoriety or some level of achievement is going to be left to someone else. Now, you don't have to raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. But, I mean, most of us are going to get there at one point or another. That's one of the reasons why I enjoy uh, preachers' fellowship meetings is because I'm constantly reminded that we're not the biggest fish in the sea. And we're not the smallest one either. Amen? Uh, uh, and we've constantly got to keep ourselves in check. But I want you to think about something. In order for one person to be qualified or noticed as great, how many normal, average, regular, non-special people does there have to be to form a context for this one person to be recognized as great? Are you following me on that one? If, if there's going to be one person that's going to be great, how many normal people does it take standing behind that person so that they can appear uh, the abnormal, that's the real word, uh, the spectacular, the great person. Uh, I, I looked this up. It says uh, that uh, NCAA, NCAA senior players drafted by an NFL team is about 1 in 50, or roughly 2%. High school players that are high school senior players eventually drafted by an NFL team, the odds are about nine in every 10,000, or 0.9%. Uh, so seeing that I never played high school football, my chances of being drafted by the NFL are uh, zero, all right? Uh, but if you are a great high school player, you have a chance to pick one of the nine slots for every 10,000 high school seniors playing football. Uh, does that sound like a great probability to you? And then, just because you got drafted, how many NFL players are there that are not considered... Great. And so all of a sudden you realize that, wow, my, my hopes of being great or attaining some level of notoriety, at least in professional sports, are, are pretty low. But here's what Peter said in Second Peter 1 verse 11. It says, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, does that sound like nobody? 
It says, an, in, an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. That means that when you step from this life, from this mortality into immortality, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you will take to heart what is written in Second Peter chapter 1, that you're to add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance. And it goes on through all of these this list here, ending in brotherly kindness. It says, if these things be in you and abound, ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then the verse I read, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. Now, most of us understand that as far as the world is concerned, we're going to be relegated to the level of nobodies. Right? I mean, if we have a great person in our midst, I, I'd like to meet you. Don't, don't keep it so well hidden, all right? Uh, but for the most of us, we're, we're going to be relegated to that level. But how many of you would like to be recognized as somebody when you entered heaven? Hello? I mean, I, I think I want, I would like my name to be on that list and I, I will tell you this, I've read enough of this book called the Bible to understand that just because you're a preacher doesn't put your name on the list. You've got to follow what this book says. That God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't endow certain few individuals with great talents so that he can talk about how great they are. In fact, when the disciples asked Jesus this question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, what did Jesus do? He got a little child. Now, I saw Pammy sitting out here through the song service. She's about three. I think that qualifies as a little child. But... If I grab, were to grab Pamela and try to set her right here on the edge of the pulpit so everybody could see her, I think I'd probably get a few complaints. Uh, don't you think so, Mama? Uh, Sarah there, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that she would not be very pleased to be made uh, the center, of the focus of everyone's attention in the auditorium. Uh, that makes little children uncomfortable. Now, I want one stop and think about it. Jesus took a little child. He called that little child. And the little child probably was going, Me? Me? You want me? And Jesus was going, Come on. And so that little child walked into the middle of that circle of disciples who were gathered around Jesus. And, and of course, we do not have any likenesses of who they are, but... We, we imagine that uh, they were not probably the most beautiful, attractive, uh, uh, debonair, well-dressed men. Uh, they were pretty much, for the, with the exception of maybe Matthew, who was a publican, and Levi, I mean, and Judas Iscariot. Uh, they, were, they were probably very common men, and, 
and, uh, and very normal, a little scary. And Jesus called that little child, and then he set him in the midst of him, of them. So, the tradition of the Jewish teacher was to sit as he taught. Now, and in the synagogues, the people stood as the teacher sat and taught. Now, how would you like that? We'll put one chair in the pulpit and leave a big empty space for everybody to stand for the next hour. That'd be pretty rough on most of you, wouldn't it? Uh, but that was the tradition. Jesus was sitting, and, and he sat that little child in the midst of them, more than likely on his knee. And all the disciples were trying to figure out what Jesus was trying to do here. And said, Verily I say unto you, Except. Now that's a huge word there, is it not? Uh, That means there's a possibility of missing this thing. Jesus is saying, If you... Do not accomplish this feat. The only way that you're going to, uh, as we finish the verse, he's talking about salvation in the first sense. He said the only way you're going to even attain to the kingdom of God, the only way you're going to even get through the door, is that you're going to have to be converted. Now, we use that term even to this day. When we talk about salvation, we talk about someone being converted. Jesus said, except ye be converted. Now, I looked up that word. And it says, turned. Turn back. That has turned or been brought over to a religious faith is the second definition or profession whether from a different religion or from irreligious life. And if we were to go on, I didn't print all the definitions, but the idea of converted means to be changed. Um, Sometimes we have uh, different uh, electrical currents, uh, especially in Europe. If you go to Europe, most electrical current is either 220 uh, or higher, and if you take your American-made items over there and plug them into a European socket, bad things are going to happen. I mean, your clock's going to run twice the speed for about two minutes until it overheats and burns up, and then it won't tick anymore. Um, the the uh, uh, Most of our vehicles run on DC voltage, and yet, if you want, you can get... Uh, most of the new vehicles have an actual 110 outlet somewhere. I've, that van we rented for the trip actually had a 110 outlet. I was trying to get all this stuff so that I could charge my phone on the trip and everything. And, and uh, Stephen sitting there beside me said, Dad, there's an outlet in the dash. Just lift the cover. It's right here. And I'm sitting there going, okay, smarty pants. Uh, but... The, the idea of conversion means to be changed. Now, I want you to understand something. There, after the word, except you be converted, what is the next word in your King James Bible? What is that word? Read it nice and loud. 
And. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Now, what does and mean? And means in addition to. Right? I like potatoes. But the and has got a capital A on there because the word gravy is following. And if it were not for gravy... Uh, or cheese with all gratin potatoes. If it, if it were not for the and, I, I don't think uh, potatoes would be a very important item to me. But that and makes all the difference in the world. I mean, how many gravy lovers do we have out here today? Uh, I mean, that, that is the good part. If it weren't for the potatoes, uh, my wife does not allow me to eat out of the gravy bowl. So I have to put the potatoes on first or the rice or whatever. And then we get the gravy. Well, you have to understand, Jesus says, except ye be converted. And the conversion doesn't necessarily mean that the and is following. There have been some times I've been... Very disappointed. My wife will put potatoes on the table and I'll say, where's the gravy? Oh, there isn't any today. Oh, what a letdown. I mean, and you got to be careful because that gravy stuff can kill you. Amen. But uh, it is good. You see, just because... The first part is there doesn't mean the second part automatically follows. You have to be converted. Who does the converting, by the way? Hello? Jesus does, right? Can we say amen to that? Unless Jesus saves you, you are not getting into the kingdom of heaven. Unless He converts you. Unless He changes you. Because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We say amen to that. You as you are are not worthy to enter heaven's glory. You cannot be with Jesus until He changes who you are. He's got to save you. The Bible says that change is so radical that Jesus describing it in John 3 says you must be born again. You've got to get a whole brand new life. One of the greatest difficulties that very talented people or people with ability have is they think that their talents and their abilities... Well, listen, I, I, I have always played in church all my life. Well, when did you get saved? Oh, just a few weeks ago. Oh, wait a minute. we got to start over again. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, yes, we do. You see, learning how to do something without God is not going to help you learn how to do something with God. Can we say amen to that? I, 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 I am sorry. I am not interested in your spiritual attainments before 
you were saved because those spiritual attainments, no matter how great, glorious, wonderful, uh, no matter how much you think they line up with the Bible, they don't because you must be converted first. Can we say amen? Amen. So, Jesus is trying to answer this question. Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he sets a little child in the midst of the disciples. I like to think on his knee. And says, except ye be converted. Now we're going to get to the end part. And become as little children. Now, normally, that is not a very positive thing when adults become little children. I've often commented that, you know, little children, they, they need to be cared for, do they not? Uh, little children need to be monitored very carefully. They will eat things that could hurt them greatly. uh, A little child, the first thing when you give anything to them, where does it go? Right in the mouth. I've got to see how this tastes first. Well, uh, we we need to understand as adults that um, that is the part of the sensory perception world that the little child is most concerned with. Because when a little baby is born, I mean, they hardly know how to cry. They're just a little, and that that infant sound. Uh, my ears are tuned to that. I don't care where I am. When when I hear that newborn sound, my antennas are going up. Especially if it's at Home Depot. What are you bringing a newborn into Home Depot for? Uh, but I've heard it there, and, and it bothers me. That that that's not where a baby belongs. I know you want to raise them right and teach them all those good things, but wait wait till they grow up a little bit, right? But how many times as an adult has someone said, you're being rather childish? Is that ever in a positive sense? No, it's not. But Jesus, this is positive. He said, first, you've got to be converted. First, you must be saved. Then, he says, and become. Now, that word become is interesting. Because it means to change. Now, wait a minute. We said convert means to change, doesn't it? Uh, convert means to turn, to to. Uh, uh, change your understanding of faith from from one religion to another or from non-religion to faith in Jesus Christ. When we talk about Bible conversion, we're talking about being converted from your efforts and your world to, to the truth of Jesus Christ. As the Bible defines it, the word become usually talks about a process, now doesn't it? Why do you study, fill in the blank, you study a musical instrument 
because you want to become proficient in the instrument that you are studying. If you want to study a language, it's because the goal is to be able to understand and to speak and communicate in that language. Uh, Unless you're a scholar, then what you do is you study the language so you can read what other people said in in that language. And uh, uh, yet here we're we're to become... We're to change. We're, we're to go through that learning process. Now, I am really glad that next little article is in there. What's that next little article? As. Now, how many of you have ever looked that one up in the dictionary? As is a very interesting word. Jesus did not say, and become little children. That's not a good thing. For an adult to need the same care and protection. Uh, I remember one of the first people I met in New York City that really had an influence. Uh, He was an engineer and a consultant and and boy, every time I get in trouble, I, I call on Eddie and just say, Hey, I, I got a problem here. Can you still help me? And, and uh, I'll tell you, he's, he's always had the right answer or put me in touch with the person that had the right answer. But I was talking to him. He was telling me how strange New York City was right after we moved here. He said, I was driving the other day, stopped at the light. And he said, I looked at the car next to me and the guy just went like this. Stopped at the light, took his hand off the steering wheel and went... Mm. He said, a grown man. He said he must have been in his 30s or 40s. And he's sucking his thumb like a little baby. Something, something quite right there. Would you agree with me on that? I mean, there, there's got to be an imbalance somewhere. And I'm glad I have no idea who this was. I, I've never met him. I just have Eddie's story telling me about that. And every time I tell it, that's what I get. I get smiles all across the auditorium, snickering and said, you've got to be making this up. No, uh, not according to Eddie. He said he saw it and I, I'd believe him. So... Jesus does not want us to become little children. He wants us to become as little children. Oh, now there's a difference. That's something good. He doesn't want us to become childish. He wants us to become as little children. Now, let me just give you a few Characteristics of little children. Little children need direction. They need constant supervision. And they need much care. Does that sound good for little children? How about this? Little children are dependent upon others for their protection. Little children need to be protected from themselves. 
I don't know why every little child will look into a silverware drawer and the first thing they pick out is the sharpest knife in the drawer. Uh, no one has to train them. It just comes automatically. Uh, they, they, little children, if you open a cabinet and there is one thing that is dangerous to ingest, that's the first thing they pick out of the cabinet. I mean, little children just have that knack. Uh, they make all of these knobs and, and, and locks and safety things and, but eventually you have to teach little children that they cannot play with the knobs on the gas stove. Bad things will happen. Uh, they'll either catch the house on fire, or if they're really talented, they'll turn it on and bypass the pilot or the automatic light and blow the place up. I mean, it can happen, and it has happened. And you cannot substitute anything for good protection of a reasonable and serious adult for the behavior of a little child. You, there's no substitute for that. And, and God endued Mama with the best set of eyes and ears that uh, are known on this earth. Uh, we always accused uh, uh, my mother of having eyes in the back of her head. I mean, she could see everything. But I, as I grew up, and especially after God gave us a few of our own children, I understand what it is. It's a God given ability to keep little children alive long enough so they can grow up. Amen? And, and uh, But children need that. They need protection from themselves. They need protection from the environment. A little child will just walk right outside in the freezing cold weather. Uh, my, my children, one of my most used words, shoes! You would think in New York City you understand that you're supposed to wear shoes. But you go, but Dad, it's carpet downstairs. Please! Shoes! Because children need to be protected. They will go out. They will get sick. They'll step into things that will hurt them. And by the way, not everybody in this world is nice, are they? Children need to be protected from the evil that is in this world. Do they not? I mean, there used to be a time when you could go shopping and you'd just say, Oh, there's the bathroom over there. You don't do that today. You don't let your kids go to the bathroom by themselves in the ball stadium. I hope not. It, these are dangerous places, and little children need to be protected. I mean, that's one of the things our usher does during the service, is he roams the halls, and he, he walks around making sure that our little ones and our big ones that are, are protected. That's just part of our uh, uh, program here as a church, because little children need protection, do they not? Uh, they need guidance. They need discipline. I've often joked that, uh, you know, your emotions are like little children. If you don't run them, they'll run you. And I promise you, uh, if, if you don't believe me, just go to a department store of any kind. 
where there's all kinds of little things for little kids to grab. And it won't be long for, I want this. Oh. Anytime we hear that in the store, my wife is with me. She grabs my arm and just walks me to another aisle. Because she doesn't want me embarrassing her in public. And, and I'm glad that she does, because I don't want to embarrass her in public. But no, no child should do that. What, what the problem is, is things aren't being done at home to protect that little child and give them direction. And we live in a world where people don't think little children need protection. And you know why? Because those are the predators, my friend. Those are the people that are seeking to destroy the little children. Now, if a little child is in such a needy situation, why would Jesus say, that we should become as little children. Hello. Are you capable of protecting yourself in the spiritual world? Are you capable of protecting yourself from yourself? Hello. Let's get some heads nodding up here. We're going to have to start over again. Uh, do you think that as a child of God, you could use and need, desperately need some protection from the evil in the environment in which we live called this world. Uh, do you think your heart is capable of discerning between what is true and, and the cunning craftiness of men wherein by they lie and wait to deceive? Do you think your heart is capable of determining the difference between the two? I challenge you, it's not. You need protection, don't you? Is there anyone here that would stand up and say, I think I, I understand how best to live my life? Boy, I hope not. Because I promise you, Jesus has got a better plan than you do. He, he has got better direction. He knows things about the future that you don't know. And, and it would behoove you to become as a little child under the protection and direction of our Heavenly Father. And you know what? One of the hardest things for little children to do, even big children, is listen to big brother or big sister. Do you know how tough that is? How many oldest children do we have here? You are the oldest in your family. Uh, I, am, I am the oldest son. Uh, I have two younger brothers. My wife has seven sisters and two brothers, all younger than her. And we're not going to tell you her age. But uh, she's older than all the rest of the family. And uh, are we allowed to have a little fun? Listen. As we have seen our children growing up, it's like, I only have to listen to him. Oh, yes, you do. Why? 
because I left him in charge when I'm not here, or her, as the case may be. It, but if God is our father, who is our older brother? Jesus. Why won't you listen to your older brother? Because I only have to listen to my mom and dad. Ah, uh, no, no, no. It's time to stop being a little child and become like a little child. See, one thing about little children, two things actually, is innocence and trust. If you want to know why the world does what it does, it is because they are trying to strip little children of their innocence and of their ability to trust. Because once they do this, that little child is now completely vulnerable to the attacks of the predators of this world. A little child cannot protect themselves. Oh, I know in the movies they have these little children assassins. I mean, give me a break. I think they do. I try not to know about that stuff, but it just gets ridiculous. No. Little children cannot protect themselves. They must be protected. And I want to challenge you that the only way you can have any protection in this world is to become as a little child and start listening to your older brother and your father. Start, what's the term? Being under authority. Ooh, that's a terrible thing in this day and time. No. It's a wonderful truth when I can trust God. You know, most little children, well, we should, should put it this way. No little child should be in doubt of where their next meal is coming from. And if you really want to know in America why children are hungry, uh, it's because of Budweiser. Uh, it's because of recreational drug use. It's because of very poor life decisions from the people who are responsible for protecting that little child. Isn't that true? a horrible thought. But can I challenge you to understand something? God has never bought a pack of Budweiser and never will. God has never been negligent in his duties. I remember as my children were little, I had an old time preacher come up and says, wow, he says, uh, you have such a wonderful little family. I just wonder if we're raising martyrs. And I, oh, you're just so comforting there. Yes, 
You know what? None of us know what the future is going to hold. But I'll tell you this. I'm glad I didn't take my children and try to protect them myself. I tried to let the Lord Jesus Christ do that. And they're growing up and they're serving the Lord. My daughter wants to be a missionary in Africa. Um, I'm not so sure. I'm, no. We got over that a long time ago. My wife used to tell me, what are you going to do when you have to walk one of your daughters down the aisle? I got thinking about that. I said, you know what? That might not be a good thing. Unless God does some changing in me. And I, I started working on that when my oldest children were very little children. Because I don't want to get in a contest with some young man, miserable slob though he may be. No. Uh, some young man who wants to change my daughter's last name. I like my last name. No, I'm, I'm not in competition here. I want to willingly hand that hand over to a young man who has prepared his life to serve God. And I've done that twice so far. And I can tell you, I had a good attitude both times. Honestly and true. I'm not lying. Somebody said, oh, doing my daughter's wedding was the hardest thing. I said, really? Really, I, I hate to tell you this, but I, I had fun. I enjoyed it. Now, I still miss them, yes. But I, I enjoy the grandbabies when they show up. And, and uh, even if they're not quite sure who Grandpa is yet, we'll, we'll get that done. Amen? Uh, I hope you don't mind the little diversion, but I want you to understand that you, you do not have the power to do what you think you do. But Jesus does. You see, except ye be converted. You got to be saved first. You got to be changed by the power of God. And become as little children. Now what's that next phrase there? Ye shall not be great in the kingdom of heaven. Is that what your King James Bible says? I read that wrong on purpose. Ye shall not... What's that next word? Enter! You're not getting in the door until you get past yourself. Until you surrender your authority and your direction to our great Savior. You see, salvation ought to change things in your life. Amen? You ought to live differently for Jesus than you did for yourself. That's why you had to be converted. That's why you had to be born again. But after you're born again, there's a process there of becoming as a little child. And then we get to verse 4. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. 
Now, isn't that the exact opposite is what goes on in the world? You see, in order for you to be great in this world, you have to have a good number of people who aren't great to stand behind you so that you can prove to people that you are great. Isn't that true? I mean, you can't get past that. If you were just like everybody else and you go around telling people you're great, what am I great? I'm great at being average. There is nothing about me extraordinary. I am so good at it that you can't tell the difference between me and anybody else. We would say, you're a few bricks short of a wall there, aren't you, friend? Uh, I mean, there's just some things that are missing. But do you get what Jesus said here? There's not a one of us in this room that cannot humble ourselves as that little child. Wait a minute. Well, well, well then, what, what is the context for my notoriety or my differentness? You see, in God's kingdom, here's what's being great. Letting God do the work. That's being great. How did you get saved? If Jesus didn't do all the saving, my friend, you're not on your way to heaven. I don't want to shake you up, but I do. Actually, I do want to shake you up. I want you to understand that if you had any part in your salvation, if you did something that made... If you believe you can do something to make yourself worthy of God's saving power, you are so wrong. You, you couldn't possibly be any more wrong. You must be converted. And the conversion must be through the almighty power of God alone. Can we say amen to that? And this job of becoming as a little child is not part of being great. It's part of getting into heaven. But if I will continue that process and I will live for the Lord, then I can be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's what it says. If you'll humble yourself, as this little child. Now, can you just imagine that little child sitting on Jesus' knee? His head turned down and probably stealing a few glances at Jesus to make sure everything was okay. Because I'll tell you, the disciples weren't smiling as Jesus was saying all this stuff. Because he was cutting to the heart of who they were and their pride. Can we trust Jesus? No matter what? That sounds pretty childish to me now, doesn't it? But becoming as little children is what we need. And to humble ourselves. 
as this little child. If I can just give one example, and I'll be finished. I've given this story before. Benjamin Franklin was in the king's court after the revolution was over. They were negotiating the peace treaty that ended the revolution and trying to set up a way forward. And the king called him aside and said, I I just have one question for you. What is George Washington going to do after winning the revolution? And Benjamin Franklin thought about it a few minutes and looked up at the king and said, "I, I suppose he'll go back to his plantation and taking care of his farm. And he said the king was astounded. He says, wait wait a minute. He has gained all of that greatness and notoriety of the entire people. He is humanly responsible for the victory that has given freedom. And he will go back to being a planter in his own plantation. He said if he does that, he must be one of the greatest men living in our day. And that's exactly what George Washington did. You see, he did not want the command of the Continental Army. But when he took it, he depended upon God. And you know his story at all. He prayed and prayed that God would give him the wisdom and and the the knowledge to do what needed to be done. And when it was all over, he turned it all back over to God and just went back to become a farmer until our country called him to be our first president. And when he finished two terms of being president, he said, I am not going to be your king. I'm going to go back to my plantation and I'm going to do the things of an average citizen because we live in a country of average citizens. I'll tell you, That kind of humility is unknown in politics today. And that's why our politicians are joked about, laughed at. That's why we don't pay any attention. We don't respect them. Politicians are among the most dishonored people in American society today because they're all about themselves as long as we pay the bills. Sad. Can I challenge you? In the world and society in which we live, there can only be a few great people. But in the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, every believer in Christ can be great if they will become his little children. They'll be saved first. Can't be into the kingdom till you save. You've got to trust Christ with your salvation, with everything that's becoming as a little child. But then humbling yourself and living life under the direction, under the protection, under the authority of our big brother and our heavenly father. Every one in this auditorium can be great in the kingdom of God. And all God's people said,